When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. When I need an expert to talk about the National Football League, I got a couple of guys, my go-to guys, who uh, give me uh, expert inside analysis on the NFL, one of which is scheduled to join me right now. Uh, you can read him on fan-sided NFL columnist Matt Verderam joins me here on CBS Sports Radio, his podcast Stocking, stacking the box, also a must for all you NFL fans out there. How you doing, Matt? Great, Charlie. How are you? Good. Appreciate it. Um, there's no such thing as the offseason in the NFL, is there anymore? Uh, two weeks ago, we had the draft, and we had the big schedule release. This week, rookie camps. Keeping you busy during your quote-unquote offseason, are they not? I know, I know. I just started my first vacation in 10 months yesterday, and uh, I, I feel like I'm going to end up having to hop out of vacation like four times this upcoming week. I'm sure they'll have something for me. They always do. Let's uh, take them in order. Uh, NFL draft, I know I had you on before, but I don't think I've had you on since. Um, we right. knew what uh, was going to happen. A bunch of quarterbacks will be, be taken early. Mac Jones ended up falling down to 15, which is not the worst thing in the world to end up in New England. Um, but it was fun to see the quarterback machinations and the trades that came about because of it. Uh, certainly, Jacksonville with the number one pick would be considered the biggest winner. But who got the best value out of the quarterbacks at the top of the draft for you? Oh, I think Chicago. And I know they had to trade up to do it. I get it. So you can argue that, hey, they had to give up first-round picks. So how could you say value? But to me, I just think Lawrence at one, I mean, I don't know that you could say he's value since he's at number one. I don't think Wilson was a great value. Not that he's going to be terrible, but I just think that's, okay, fine. Maybe you overdraft him a little bit. He's a quarterback. Fields at 11, to me, is, is the guy to say. Because you look at him and think, I know I talked to some people in the league who thought he was the second-best quarterback in the draft, and not just one person, a good amount of people that are personnel evaluators. So to me, uh, I think the Bears, even though they had to give up more to trade up to get him, uh, I, I think he could pay huge dividends for a franchise. Really, he's been looking for a quarterback since Sid Luckman. <laughs> it has been a decade since they had that type of talent. I want to see if Justin Fields is just that, and I'm one of those guys who believed he was the second-best quarterback in the draft. So let me put you in a particular position because I'm doing a YouTube Eagle show these days. And there were two specific players that I loved coming into this draft. And they were Justin Fields and Devonta Smith. And I knew Fields wasn't going to be the first quarterback taken, even though I thought he was right there with Trevor Lawrence. I knew that Devonta Smith wasn't going to be the first wide receiver taken. He ended up being the third. Justin Fields ended up being the fourth quarterback taken. And sure enough, both of them were sitting there for the Philadelphia Eagles. When they moved up from 12 to 10, they decided to take Devonta uh, Smith, who I can't complain because I love the kid. 
But truth be told, I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts is the answer. And they, too, passed on Justin Fields. The Eagles do the right thing at 10? Uh, you know what? I think if, if they weren't going to go with a quarterback, then I think Devonta Smith was the right pick. I mean, you could sit there and argue, hey, look, they could have taken you know, a defensive player. But it's, the draft was not good for defensive players. I mean, I, I think that was pretty obvious. You saw a couple of cornerbacks go in the top 10, Parsons to the Cowboys, but there were not a lot of defensive guys the other things that were top 15 picks. So if you're not going to go quarterback, and I don't mind them giving Hurts the year. I, like, there were times he didn't look good last year. He played four games. I, I don't mind them. It, it, I don't mind the Eagles looking at this thing and going, look, Sirianni's a new coach. Let's see if a marriage with Hurts works. If it does, we're set, and we have a boatload of picks next year. If it, if it doesn't work, then you've got those picks. You can go out and potentially go get somebody, make it work. I, I, I understand it from the Eagles' standpoint. I like to pick a Smith. I am worried that he weighs 166 pounds, but I do love his talent, and, and his talent is certainly undeniable after what he did at Alabama. Agreed. And then he uh, has always been 166 pounds, and he never gets hurt. He, he banged a thumb in the championship game. By that time, Alabama had already put it away, and he already had 200 yards at half and uh, three touchdowns. So uh, I'm not worried about his physicality. I think people overstated that blatantly. All right. Uh, this week, we got the big NFL schedule release which I think is just amazing that they can build an entire week of programming around uh, something that you print out on a couple of pieces of paper. Um, but it, it, it was played well by both the NFL Network and ESPN. I had an issue with them saying, the biggest season in the history of the NFL. Technically, yes, because it's 17 games, and they've never done that before. But you don't really decide what, if it's the biggest season or not until after it's over and done with. But um, have you put your money aside to pay your uh, $10,000 for two tickets to go see the Patriots and the uh, Bucks when Tommy B makes his return to uh, New England? I have not. But that is going to be must-see television. And you're right about the NFL schedule, at least, by the way. Like, that is something that... Even as, as I think, what, recently, maybe five, six years ago, they just released the schedule. And right. that was it. And, that, and I'll be the first to say, I'm a schedule snob, so I actually enjoy it. But it is amazing <laughs> how the NFL could rival probably an NBA Finals game with its schedule release ratings. Um, th- that said, that game in week four is going to be very, very interesting. Like Tampa Bay, by all rights, should win. They're more talented. I get they're on the road. That's going to be a phenomenal game. Like, if you had to rank the best games of the year, that's got to be number one. I get it. You could go Mahomes, Rodgers in week nine, and that's fine. If Rodgers is in Green Bay, that could very well be a Super Bowl preview. And that's probably a better game. But the intrigue is, is just unreal. You know, we never got Montana in San Francisco against the Niners. Got them in Kansas City against the 49ers. Um, but this, this Brady going back to Foxborough, going against Belichick, returning home, that, that's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal theater. It is drama personified. Uh, you and I are on the same page there. See if we're on the same page here. This is one thing that annoyed me with the schedule release because did Philadelphia shows, now doing national shows, took a call on it last night. Uh, the whole primetime game thing. People feel so uh, put off when their team isn't giving it enough primetime games in their estimation that they're better. How come we only have X amount of primetime games? We're better than that. Well, primetime is Thursday night, which no one wants to play. 
Uh, All we hear is complaints about Thursday night when you're actually playing Thursday night games. And Monday night's on ESPN, which oftentimes ends up as not high-quality games anyway, that they keep certain games for CBS and Fox on a given week to protect them because they are the bigger TV partners. Um, Other than Sunday night football, what is the big deal about being on primetime, and is it the NFL disrespecting teams if they don't put them on enough? So you and I are actually on the same page very much on this. Look, Sunday night football is the showcase now, right? Like in the 70s and 80s, even the 90s, Monday Night Football was the game. That was the game that mattered. It it was an institution. Monday Night Football now, more often than not, is a lousy game. Like week two, Monday Night Football, is the Lions and the Packers. If the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are going to beat them by 30 points, nobody wants to watch the Packers just beat the snot out of the Lions all game long, right? So – to me, I'm with, and Thursday night football is a farce anyway because they make sure that everybody plays once on it. That way they get everyone under the lights. I hope you're ready for Panthers-Texans on week three because here it comes. Yikes. I, uh, not great. So, like, to me, look, if your team's not in prime time, it's because they stink. And nobody wants to watch them. I just, you know, look, the NFL, one thing about them, if you're good, it doesn't matter what market you're in. Go after Packers. Go after Chiefs who play a million primetime game, games. Your Green Bay is barely a city. In Kansas City, certainly not one of the biggest sector marks. Not Miami, not in L.A. So I, I frankly wish they would go away with Thursday Night Football. That will never happen, of course, because of the financial package that comes with it. But, um, yeah, Sunday Night Football is the game. That's the showcase. Other than that, I do think you can now flex later in the year on Mondays. Right. I'm sure teams are going to hate it, but that's the way it is. But that is uh, part of the TV game, and yes, they have to play it if they're going to uh, continue to cast those huge checks from the networks coming in. Uh, We're talking to Matt Verdram from Fansided here with us on CBS Sports Radio, or at least I think we are. I think Matt's still there. If not, I'll ask my producer, David, to make sure he's up on the telephone. I am still here. Good. All right. Um, Interesting signing in the NFL today. Kelvin Benjamin, who was a guy I liked plenty when he came out in the draft. Carolina took him in the first round. Shoot, now eight years ago. Doesn't seem like that long ago. Uh, Besides today by the Giants, man, the Giants have just added a lot of guys that can catch the football during this offseason. Galladay, and uh, they got Slayton and Shepard, and they drafted a wide receiver early. And tight ends, they signed Rudolph even though they already had Ingram. How the hell does a guy like Benjamin fit in? Was that Dave Gettleman just doing a favor for a friend and he couldn't get a job anywhere in the league? He said, well, you can come into our camp. Yeah, I think it's kicking the tires, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like you bring Kelvin Benjamin, you give him a look. He was really good in Carolina for a few years, and then, frankly, his weight got away from him. And you know, he goes to Buffalo, it doesn't pan out, stops a cup of coffee in Kansas City, does nothing, and out of the league he goes. I do not expect that he'll make the team. I don't mind them kicking the tires. Again, why not, right? Like, he's more talented than some kids are going to bring in from Appalachian State and the 90-man roster. So, I don't mind them giving him a look. Uh, but I do think the reality is for the Giants, listen, you, you said, they have a lot of guys. I mean, and I think I think Gellman's done something really smart this offseason. They have loaded up that offense between Galladay and Tony and all the other guys you mentioned, right? And, and of course, Saquon Barkley coming back. That offense is one of the more talented offenses in football. 
if Daniel Jones plays well, then great. You've got your guy. If he doesn't, you have two first-round picks next year. You can package him. You can trade up. You can trade it. Yeah, we'll obviously see how everything shakes with Sean Watson, but if, if he becomes available next offseason, you have, you have pack, a, a potential package to go get him. So I think the Giants have positioned themselves well for this year, but also for the future. If Jones isn't good, you got the picks. If he is good, much like the Eagles situation, you can start building around him in earnest. Right. Uh, those two divisional rivals might be battling not only on the field, but off the field for who can get the best quarterback that becomes available. Is Aaron Rodgers in that mix? You and I haven't talked in a couple of weeks, all this Rodgers stuff. Uh, we're looking for a new nugget to overanalyze basically on a daily basis. I think we're going to get nothing between now and June 1st. But as of June 1st, it would actually be more advantageous for the Packers cap-wise if they decided to trade Rodgers. Uh, how have you handled all this daily news and uh, analysis of what's put on social media as to whether uh, the Rodgers uh, relationship with the Packers is completely severed or something that can be fixed? I tend to take the more cautious approach, little dose of skepticism. Do I think he's mad? I mean, yeah, obviously he's mad. He's not, he's not thrilled with the situation. But I always look at it like this. He cannot force his way out of there. Ultimately, the Packers have to be willing to move him. Now, he could retire, but I think we both know he's not giving back $23 million of a signing bonus and walking away from over $100 million over the next year. That is not happening. So then you get into, okay, he could go the Carson Palmer route, maybe not fully retire like Palmer did for two months, but he could hold out. So I'm just never coming back. Okay, you're still forfeiting $2 million a week based off his salary. I just do not believe he would do that. I think there's a you – know, he's not going to show up at OTAs, I'm sure, maybe he can, maybe even doesn't show up at the beginning of training camp. But if I'm Green Bay, I'm saying, look, this is a Super Bowl team. We're the third best odds in Vegas. I'm not tri- – now, after this year, you want to move on? We didn't talk about that. Because at that point, Jordan Love better be ready. If he's not, it's a complete bust of the pick. And then you, you really have to start thinking about how the future is going to look in Green Bay anyway. Right. I don't think he's going to get traded. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe that that statement is ludicrous by June 5th, but I just I don't think they're going to deal. And uh, what, however it plays out, it's going to give us plenty to talk about, which is never a bad thing. All right, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, over the past week he has been at least I don't want to say usurped, but had to share the spotlight with Tim Tebow. I've said this on the air too many times now, but it bears repeating again. If Tim Tebow ran for president, he might get my vote. If my daughter brought home Tim Tebow because she was dating him, I would shake my hand and say, glad to have you as part of the family. I don't need to see Tim Tebow on the sporting field anymore. Any field, baseball, football, quarterback, tight end, outfielder. I've had my bill of Tim Tebow on the sporting field and I think that he's almost doing himself an injustice because he's becoming a sideshow. He, he was a Heisman Trophy winner who's turned into a sideshow. Am I too harsh on Tim Tebow? No. And, and I, I have talked with Tim Tebow before and many years ago at this point, but one of the nicest people I've ever, heard, ever interviewed. I mean, just a class act of a human being. What you see yep. on TV, at least in my estimation, is what you get. That said... He was a terrible NFL player, a terrible NFL player's quarterback. I mean, it was, it, look, I think part of it was he never should have been drafted in the first round. That was a ridiculous pick the second Denver made it. It set him up to be the savior that never was going to work. 
He flamed out. Fine. A lot of guys flame out. A lot of Heisman Trophy winners flame out in the NFL. But now to go back, after not playing in the NFL for nine years, and you're going to go play as a tight end, well, let's be real. If Urban Meyer wasn't the head coach of that team, didn't have the background, the relationship with Tebow that he does, there is no way Tim Tebow would be getting a look on a 90-man roster. And frankly, I think it's a miscalculation by Meyer. He was going to tick off a lot of people in that locker room who are going to say, hey, look, we're trying to win. And you're wasting a roster spot, at least on the 90-man, potentially on the 53-man with this guy because you won two championships with him in Florida 15 years ago. Nobody in this room cares if you won two championships with him in Florida. But we got to win now, man. I, I think it's going to really tick off a lot of the veterans in that room. Uh, you know, look, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve a roster spot. That's not, I'm, again, I'm not trying to be like, hypercritical of him, but there's, there's no reason he should be a tight end in the league. He's never been a tight end anywhere. So I, I, I think this whole thing with Matt Meyer and Jacksonville, outside of taking Lawrence, which anybody would have done, I think to this point has all the earmarkings of a complete disaster. But we're going to find out. He is uh, already starting to try and prove that he's the smartest guy in the room. And it's a newer, bigger, tougher room that Urban will find out rather quickly. Uh, So you and I are in lockstep there. Perchance, since we both have a pretty strong opinion about Urban Meyer, and I thought he was a phenomenal college coach, but there have been a lot of guys that have made that jump and it hasn't quite worked out uh, at all. Does he have an ulterior motive here? Is it to take the pressure off Lawrence? Is it to focus it on Tebow so that everybody else can just get along with doing their job? You're right in that some might not take it well at all, so he's rolling the dice a little bit. But is there an ulterior reason to do this other than he's actually crazy enough to believe Tebow can make the team and help him win? I think it's just a favor to a friend. I really do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. He's got some motive. I I don't see that. I just think, look, because they're, they're not taking the pressure off Lawrence no matter what. Lawrence is being seen as, as, as this conquering hero going there. He's thought of as the best prospect in football since Andrew, Andrew Luck, right? So they can have Tim Tebow all they want. I, I think it's this. If you're Meyer, you say, look, I, I love Tim Tebow. He still wants to play. I'll give him a shot. We'll bring him in. And look, if he makes the 53-man, well, you know, ownership will be thrilled to death because they'll sell a million jerseys. I mean, they're an hour up the road from Gainesville. And they'll, they'll, they'll trot him in there for three plays a game, and everybody will go crazy, and he'll do nothing. And that'll be the way this thing goes. And, I, you know, look, he's also, by the way, it was pointed out to me, uh, three games, I believe, away from an NFL pension. So, I mean, how mm-hmm. that play part of it? Does, does Urban know to say, look, hey, here's, here's three games, and then you're good, you're set, you have a pension now. I'm not even going to need one. But who knows? I just find it very bizarre. But I also thought it was bizarre they, they took a kid that they called a third-down running back 25th overall. So. And then brought him in the uh, first couple days of practice and put him out at wide receiver more than they used him as a running back. Yeah, he's trying to be smarter than the room. We'll see if that is the case with Urban. Uh, I know that he's smarter than me, and that's why I have Matt Verderam on. And I appreciate the fact that he jumped on with us tonight. Know full well I'm going to be calling uh, within the next month to get you on again. Matty, thanks. We'll talk again Anytime. soon, bud. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.